After a brief diversion to Italy, Formula One finally arrives in Europe where the upgrades will likely be just as rapid as the cars themselves. Welcome back to Formula One Grid Talk Podcast. This is episode 195 where we will preview the Spanish Grand Prix at the Circuit de Catalunya in Barcelona. I'm your host Tom Horrocks and I'm joined today by Everything F1 star attraction, Mr Tom Downey. Hello. And making her Grid Talk debut, Everything F1's answer to Nico Hülkenberg, it's Sophia Richmond. Hi. So we are on all major audio podcasting platforms and you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you're feeling generous as this really helps us reach new heights as we continue to grow in the audio field. If you enjoyed these podcasts but want more, please subscribe to us on YouTube and click the bell to be notified when we go live as we have over 500 subscribers now and we have loads of video content including articles and shorts for you to get your teeth into. And don't forget to give us a thumbs up. Uh, Grid Talk is also available on Amazon, and we've partnered with Amazon to give you a free trial of Audio Audible Plus, so please check the show notes of this episode to find out more information. But right now we are here uh, arriving at the Spanish Grand Prix at Circuit de Catalunya, so I'd just like to get your thoughts, both of you, starting with you, Sophia. Uh, so we're going to a very different venue after Formula One's recent trip to Miami. What do you think uh, the, the new fans of Formula One are going to see the difference between Spain and Miami this weekend? I'm going to feel sorry for them because as much as I've, I've slated a bit about the Miami Grand Prix, Barcelona is, to me, notoriously one of the most boring tracks. So from the hype, and obviously Miami did not, in my opinion, live up to how good it was going to be. And obviously the record-breaking TV views and everything, to go from that high to Barcelona and then Monaco right after, it's, it's going to be interesting. I feel like people are going to sleep halfway through the race in all honesty, but they can watch F2 and F3 in a W series as well instead. Yeah, lots of support races, obviously just the W series of the official support categories that was uh, that was in Miami. Uh, Tom, your thoughts on, uh, on, the, on the incoming Spanish Grand Prix and what we just saw in Miami last weekend? Um, well, I think people who saw Miami as, as their first F1 race, in some ways they're going to be in for the same thing because both circuits are pretty gash. Um, but on on the on, on the flip side, they're going to see what's the sort of older generation of F1 fans they used to, you know, you know, very you know, very much the sort of dedicated circuit. The you know, the, the you know, everything is there. It's you know, it's a, it's a. I don't want to say a proper racing track because that's somewhat doing Miami a disservice. Well, I mean, it's not because it wasn't brilliant, but um, but but you know, it's a, it's a much you know, it's very much a staple on the calendar, whereas. You know, Miami was was very much about the event, the pomp and circumstance. For me, it was far too gaudy and American, but that's because I'm a miserable old Brit. Um, you know, it's um, you know, I think if, if people are tuning into the Spanish Grand Prix expecting, you know, a police escort and you know, and Stetsons and all the rest of it on the podiums, they're going to be sorely disappointed. Um, as the actual racing, well, it's, but. You know, historically, Barcelona has never been that good. I mean, the only good race I can really recall was 2016. That's because both Mercedes wiped them out and my boy Max won his first ever race. Um, so take from that what you will. Maybe we'll see some slightly closer passing this year because obviously with the new car regs, and obviously um, Catalonia had some slight circuit upgrades last year. I'm optimistic. Is No, that's too positive. Um, I'm... Hopeful more than no, not even hopeful. It's just 
I just, oh, just please, just, please just don't be bad. But it's Catalonia. It's going to be. It's going to be boring. <laughs> Oh, I absolutely love your rants, Tom. Absolutely love them. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I think coming from what we just saw in Miami, it's uh, it's going to be a very different vibe, as you as you as you rightly say. I, I think probably there's the the Grand Prix in Miami was slightly better than the uh, than the direction made it look, as it was not hundreds, but lots and lots of passing that we didn't see, lots of battles that we weren't privy to, and only found out afterwards when a huge glut of penalties came in because people were cutting tracks and left, right and centre. So, uh, yeah, I, I think very much a work in progress, the Miami Grand Prix, but com- completely different to what we're expecting here. As you say, it's the... Uh, it's the traditional testing venue or shakedown venue this year that Formula One used. So uh, the, the teams are going to know so much about this track and uh, it's really going to be a, a kind of a return to normal. I said a, a return to, to Europe and uh, and a, hopefully Mercedes will be hoping a return to form for them. But uh, starting with the team that's top of the pile, which is Ferrari. Um, Sophia, your your thoughts on, on Ferrari and, and how they're uh, how they're going to fare this weekend? Because surely with the, with the mid-speed corners that this track has it's, it's going to favor them over red bull's uh, top line speed or do you think different um to be fair because of how well ferrari's been this season and comparing it to mercedes who obviously have had a lot of wins and a lot of podiums in the last four or five years of this track and ferrari's been in like fourth fifth place most of since 2017 in some cases so i think it's for ferrari but i don't know if it's going to be a one, two, if it's going to be a one, three, how it's going to be, but there will be at least probably one, if not both Ferraris on podium, I think for this weekend, uh, next weekend. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think that's, that's, that's a bold call. I think certainly the way that Red Bull have been, have been going, it's, uh, it's, they, they look like they're going to be strong, but Ferrari certainly, uh, certainly have got a bit of a richer vein of, uh, of form at this track than, than Red Bull. Uh, Red Bull do certainly seem to be on fire, but they don't. Uh, they don't really have any history of, uh, of of victories here, apart from as you alluded to earlier, Tom, the uh, Max, your boy Max Verstappen's first ever win. So, uh, uh, your thoughts on can he repeat that this weekend, or is is it going to be very much a, a a rescue attempt for for Red Bull this weekend? Um, I don't think he's going to repeat 2016, mainly because I don't think we're going to see the two Mercs at the front. Um, had to get that in there, um, but. Um, but but no um, but no it's 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 you know you know Red Bull do seem to be on fire at the minute and I'm not talking about their engines from Bahrain so um, you know so maybe they'll um, you know it, it's it's going to be a weird one and Sophia made a very good point when when she, when she was talking about um, the speed down the main straight as opposed to say the middle sector because we know how bloody quick that Red Bull is sorry I could just see my cat flopping down the stairs behind me. Um, that's what happens when they get old, um, like the dad. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's it's gonna it's, it is gonna be an interesting one, and I think you know it is very cliche to say, but the start of the race is going to be so important. In um, I just punched the mic. I'm really sorry. I think the start of the race is going to be really important in in in, in um. I was going to say Bahrain, no, uh, Barcelona. That's half right. Um, you know, because uh, you know. Because we've seen it, um, maybe it's, you know, maybe it was pressure, or maybe it was Watford, Leclerc, and Imola, where he had a bit of a poor launch, but then Max had a poor launch in the um, in in the sprint race in Imola. So, especially if those are on the front row together, which let's be fair, is probably going to happen. I do want to see Carlos Sainz get a pole position. I really want to see him take pole because I like I like Carlos Sainz. 
I don't mind Leclerc. Um, he's he's got a bit of a sort of that George Russell aura about him. Where he's just like almost he's almost a bit entitled. Um, that's going to piss some people off. I know. Oh well, don't at me. <laughs> um, but but um, but yeah, you know, yeah, you know, I, I I don't think Max is going is going to sort of like repeat that kind of that kind of victory. Um, you know, I just I I, I think it probably Fry probably will be stronger on the day. Um, and you know they seem to be making all the right strategy calls at the moment, which is you know which is not what could be said to them a couple of years ago. Um, as for like you know again like Sophia said, you know you know she thinks we'll see one maybe two you know definitely see one maybe two Ferraris on the podium. I I think most of the season is going to be we're going to see two of one and one of the other um, between the Red Bulls and the um, and and the Mercedes. But obviously we can't see all of them because two into one. Doesn't you know? Doesn't work. Just ask Max in Brazil. Yeah, absolutely. And, and given that the Red Bulls' reliability at the start of the season has majorly hampered Max Verstappen's championship charge, the uh, Red Bulls still sit there just six points behind Ferrari in the constructors. Which uh, uh, a lot of that is down to, to Carlos Sainz's issues. Uh, but but only just just the one race off the podium for Leclerc, just the two retirements off the podium for Science. They certainly showing the cons- the consistency there. But Red Bull, despite the issues, are, are still there. So it's uh, it, it certainly. I, I think this is going to be a key moment in the season because so many upgrades are, are expected to come here. And you know, have, have Red Bull you know gone too many upgrades too early? Are they going to run out of money in the budget cap towards the end of the season? Which uh, which certainly Mattia Bonotto is is hopeful is is going to happen. He can't see how they can just maintain this level of upgrade and still maintain the budget cap. So it's uh, it's uh, it's it's going to be a challenge. And I think that this race. Yes, it's not known for its amazing racing, but it's certainly going to be. It's going to shake the championship, so it's intriguing from from that side. But uh, the current constructors' champions, Mercedes, already a long way over sixty points behind Ferrari in the constructors' championship, just ninety-five points. Big upgrades planned, but they keep getting delayed. Sophia, so so what what do you think is uh, Mercedes are looking for this weekend? And the team dynamic is is George Russell going to continue to to beat Hamilton, or is Hamilton going to going to get on top of his, his young charger? I mean, I kind of hope so. I like this new kind of fresh view. Like, it's giving, like, Nico vibes to an extent, obviously with not a lot of the fighting. But the fact that we knew George was really good and he just come out of the bat straight away. Like, he's the only driver that's finished in the top five every single race this season so far. He is proving that he deserved that seat. And the fact that he's doing better than Hamilton and the controversy and the commentating about Toto say, apologizing to Lewis saying it's undrivable yet you see George doing so well it it the dynamic I feel like is going to shift because given maybe another four to five races it's going to be who is one and who is two and it's looking like it's going to be George's one and Lewis's two as much as it annoys Hamilton fans come at me as much as you want but like it, it's gonna happen it, it's it's on track. I mean, Mercedes are trying to do upgrades and they're trying to figure out what they want to do. Obviously, they brought the new wings front and rear in Miami. Did pr- prove better because they finished P4 and P5. But I don't know. I mean, there was rumors about n- new side pods potentially coming down down line. I don't know if it's for Barcelona or for other races, but there will be some new upgrades and we'll see. But first of all, they need to fin- like fix their porpoising as well. Like that's the key issue that they have and they kind of got it with Miami but I don't know it's gonna be it's not Mercedes year 
in in the nicest way possible. It's not Mercedes I don't think it's too late in the game right now for it. Yeah, certainly, uh, it's, it's not started well, and, and Toto Wolff has said that they're, they're out of the constructors. Lewis has said he's out of the drivers, uh, but uh, you can certainly go off some people with their opinions around around Lewis Hamilton there. But uh, no, I, I'm of a differing opinion. Uh, I think there's, there's a lot of circumstances led to to that. I, I do think that George has slightly outperformed Hamilton over the season, but it's certainly not uh, not as as big as some people are making out. And I think they're still very well matched. Uh, he, he is doing a fantastic job in that car, though. So it's uh, it, it's going to be yeah you were mentioning about the the side pods i believe that there's there's been mention of potentially going back to the old concept with the with the old side pods that they debuted in barcelona last time round but they're certainly not going to do it this weekend because they need to see how that car performs against the car that was at Barcelona for the shakedown because they two different concepts. They've got a real. This is the first time they can have a real yardstick of a comparison. So it's uh, it's it's really important that this weekend is massively important for Mercedes. And I do think that if it doesn't work and they they can't get on top of this problem with the car, this may well be the end of their championship charge, the end of their competitive season, and they start looking at next season, which means it may well be the first year since Lewis Hamilton has joined Formula 1 that he doesn't win a race, because if that car's not being developed and they're just writing it off and going for next year, then that, that I cannot see, barring a Hungary situation or something like that, that I cannot see Lewis Hamilton winning a race this year unless that car dramatically changes. But uh, a team that we still hope will win a race this year, or certainly I do, uh, everyone's second favourite team, taking that mantle away from Williams, uh, in my opinion anyway, uh, McLaren Tom. Uh, they've, their, their car just, it seems to be a Jekyll and Hyde car. One track it's great, another track it's terrible. Um, and just Ricardo just seems to consistently be a step behind his teammate. How do you see their weekend going and, and with that the rest of their season? Oh, God, that's a question. Um, you know, this weekend, they're either going to be like P5 and 6 or P15 and 16. They're going to do a Yuki Sonoda of 2021. You know, they're either going to be in Q3 or out in Q1. Um, and yeah, you, you you said it yourself. You said their car is like Jack and Hyde. It really is. It I, I cannot sort of, like, I, I can't work out how it can be sort of like so... You, you know, because they had they had quite a good weekends in um, in in Imola. Granted, Lando sort of almost lucked into the podium, but he was still running P four. Um, so they had quite you know you know, quite a good weekend then. But then we come to Miami, and they were you know, and Zach Brown was already saying, "Oh, it's it's going to be a tough race." Blah blah blah. All this, all that. Um, it was showing so much promise, especially at the end of well, the tail end of last year. Um, but no, it just seems to. Have, Fizzled into nothingness. Um, yeah, Danny Rick. Oh God, here we go. Um, you know, he, he's, he is just a step behind. He's never, I mean, I know he takes a while to settle into a team. You saw it when he joined um, Renault in 2019. Um, you know, the first season, was so, I, you know, I was one of those ones, I was expecting big things from him because, you know, because he'd always driven pretty well at Red Bull, especially given how things sort of, Sort, you know, sort of ended then with his unreliability or the rest of it. He was always king of the late breakers, you know, because you know, after he actually sent one up the inside of Bottas at Monza a few years ago, well, many years ago now, um, you, know, that, you know, that was him in a nutshell. And he did do that in the McLaren. I think, uh, I think it was turn one, I think it was Miami. I can't remember. But I remember seeing him do it in a race and I thought, that's the Danny Rick that we all know. But it just seems like 
it almost seems like it's a distant memory now. Um, and I don't know if, if it's, um, you know, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's because he's not chatting for the car or if the car sets up more for Lando or if, you know, you know, because, you know, you know, I, I don't know if Tanya prefers an oversteery or an understeery time, the Lando prefers the opposite or, you know, I, 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 there's obviously something not, not, not quite clicking. And yes, he won a race last year because you know, he had one of his rare, decent weekends. Um, but countless times we've seen him behind Lando and a step behind Lando. And it's it cost the team third in the championship last year. Um, as for McLaren's season, if they can sort of iron out these issues with the car being so inconsistent and... Uh, you, you know, you're just sort of like underperforming. Then you, you, they, you know, they they'll have a decent season, ish. They're not going to be challenging for, for the top two spot. We just it's just not going to happen. It pains me to say it because I really want to see you know, McLaren up there. You know, Tom, you said they are everybody's second favorite team. I think that's bang on the money. Um, you know, everybody likes McLaren. Every everybody. Every, every everybody wants McLaren, to see McLaren do well. It's one of those names. So when you think of F one, you think of McLaren, Ferrari, and Williams. Those are the quintessential F one names. So yeah, so if they can sort of sort the car out, I mean, it's easy to say, isn't it? It's easy for me, you know, big lump sitting in his home office talking about it. You know, I'm not an aerodynamicist, and I never will be. I'm not clever enough. Um, but you know, it's just that. They really run the risk of losing some places in the constructors this year because there are teams around them, apart from Aston Martin, who are um, who are you know looking pretty sharp in the midfields, namely the Ferrari power teams. Yeah, there's uh, the one of the key things that I'm taking from this season so far is that there is no midfield. There's there's, there's a field and then there's the front two. It's uh, or the certainly the front three anyway. And McLaren, although most people will say that they're probably that that fourth team there, uh, and they are in fourth in the championship right now. It's certainly is by no means guaranteed. There's 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 every team has scored points quicker than than any other time I can remember in in, in recent Formula One history. Anyway, certainly in in the time that I've been watching the sport since the mid nineties, so uh, or early nineties. So it's uh, they like you say they need to get on top of this this problem and they need to start moving forwards. I don't think. They're not going to be challenging Mercedes unless Mercedes completely sack off the season. But even so, you've got other teams that are in the wings there that have shown pace. You know, Alpine have shown pace, um, and uh, AlphaTauri have shown pace if they haven't managed to deploy that. But the team that have shown the more pace than than anyone, certainly with one of their drivers, is Alfa Romeo in in the hands of Valtteri Bottas, clearly loving life, released from the shackles of Mercedes and a number one driver. But uh, his teammate Guan Yu Zhou just the one points finished so far, and in the opening race of the season Sophia what do you think about about Alfa Romeo and uh and and their chances this weekend and just how their season's going as well it's uh, certainly uh, certainly been an improvement and I actually enjoy speaking about Alfa Romeo now which has not been the case for a few years um I love now the battery is back it has moved to Alfa like even if you see clips and videos how he's talking about driving the team it's just a breath of fresh air like he feels probably more appreciated more Ever than he's ever been with Mercedes. And coming into this race, he has finished third every year since 2018, statistically, in a Mercedes. Do I think that's going to happen? 
Probably not, but he's going to be quite high up, which was surprising because obviously Alpha's never really done that well historically for the last couple of years. They've been the bottom, like one of the three bottom teams. And now, like you said, it's three teams and then the rest is kind of grouped in together. I think they have a good shot. Granuja was potentially going to do quite well in Miami, but then he had um, a fuel problem. It was too hot too quickly, so that's why he had to retire. But, like, you could tell that he was so disappointed. Like, he is proving to do a better first year than compared to, like, Yuki and Mick last season. I think points could be on the cards for Guanyu, Joe, but I'm not entirely sure whereabouts. And then Baltry, I will say points for sure, because he's just been consistent as well. He's been like George to an extent. Not top five, but in the points, for sure. Yeah, the memes have been flying about Bottas with the one with him looking back at the scoreboard, seeing him above the uh, above the Mercedes. That's been uh, that has been uh, iconic, literally yeah. iconic. <laughs> yeah, it's been flowing a lot. Um, but uh, another person that's a bit of a bit of a meme lord himself in uh, in Fernando Alonso, always good for getting some headlines. Driving for driving for Alpine, unbelievably, he's got more penalty points this season than actual points. Back in sixteenth place in the championship. Um, I think we've just lost Tom, so I'm gonna I'm gonna send this to you, Sophia. But uh, but Alpine, so for the season, Ocon doing better than his much more experienced teammate Fernando Alonso somehow. Uh, but Fernando Alonso is certainly showing pace, but just not putting together a race weekend. What's what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, just not consistent enough. Like the again, I'm relating back to Miami. Two five second penalty points due to crashes, both with Gasly, I believe it actually was. So he's just not consistent compared to Alcon. Like Alcon's flying a low race. He's putting his head down and racing as there's nothing really to care about, which is what you want because you need to make sure that you don't take too much risk or too little risk because you might crash and it just ruins your whole race. So I I'm actually impressed to see Alcon doing better than Alonso. I thought it'd be quite like very close fair fighting, but it, it's a nice breath of fresh air and we'll see this how it goes uh this race in Barcelona because obviously Fernando Alonso being Spanish this track is literally his home race it's iconic the amount of Spanish fans like it'll be more Spanish fans for Alonso than it would be for Ferrari for sure this time around yeah, and with with Fernando Alonso, his having a ninth place to his name, and then just you know eleventh in the last race was unbelievably his best result since the first race of the season. Uh, he he just seems to be trying a little too hard, in my opinion. Esteban Ocon just being steady Eddie, just just getting on with things again. Not you know not putting in brilliant results, just a fourteenth place, but then the rest of the time just tail end points, just just picking up. I couldn't believe it when when I saw just how many points he had compared to Alonso. It was. Uh, uh, very very under the radar um but uh but that's that's certainly it's it's big big time for Alonso now it's his home grand prix he needs to deliver now he's been saying that it's his it's his best season in decades which is you know it's kind of just kind of like modus operandi for Alonso you know every race is his best race ever no matter where he finishes um but uh but moving on to to AlphaTauri uh, Gasly's always seems to be the uh the perennial overachiever with Sonoda being the perennial underachiever in that team Tom but uh but given the way the season's gone so far for Gasly, just only two points finishes so far this season, and Sonoda, his usual trick of starting well and, and going missing, can can you see things turning around for them this weekend? Um, I'd like to hope so. Whether it actually will remains to be seen. 
Um, you know, which again is an easy thing to say. Um, yeah, so, 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 yeah, Sonoda. Well, I'd, I'd actually say no. Let me backtrack on that completely. I'd say Gasly probably needs some somewhat of a bigger weekend than Sonoda because um, Sonoda's. You know, he, you know, he's only in his second season, and you know, he's got the backing of. Um, uh, he's got the backing of Honda, which obviously have an influence in Red Bull. So he's good. You know, he's still got the. You know, he's got all that backing. Gasly, on the other hand, it's not that he needs to prove himself, but um, but uh, he, he's you know, it's it's sort of like it's it's all or nothing, or, or you know, I'm not quite sure what the right phrase is, but but for Gasly, it's um, you know, it needs to happen now. Um, and what I mean by that is um. If he's not going to get that Red Bull seat in 2023, he's also not going to stay at AlphaTauri for 2023 because that is the junior team. And someone like Liam Lawson or Yuri Vips or whoever else who's, who's on the who's on the Red Bull roster is going to end up taking one of those seats. Um, you know, uh, one of my of his colleagues, Jamie, wrote a really good piece on this on, on our website where he said that it's sort of now that's the phrase you're looking for now or never, um, and it is now or never for Gasly um, because. Do we really think he's going to go back to Red Bull for next year? No, I don't think so. Um, so you know, so, so he he almost needs to almost needs to like market himself. I mean, he is a race winner in F one. There are a lot of people who come through F one who don't even hit the podium. Cough, Hulkenberg, cough. Um, so you, you know, so you know, so it's um, you know, he he needs a big weekend this weekend at a circuit which. All the drivers know not only through, um, you know, through previous racing, but through testing or shakedown or whatever they called it this year, or or just I think they just called it a sash this year. Um, you know, I don't think it's quite the sash that some of them had in mind, but also through, you know through, through through their junior careers that 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 have raced there, you know, a, a fair amount. So it's a circuit where we should see the best out of some of the drivers, you would think, because they're all going to be f- familiar with it. Obviously. You know, experience to, you know tells a big part, but Gasly needs a big weekend. Um, Sonoda, his qualifying is getting better because I stated him a lot last year. Um, because, like I said earlier about the McLarens, um, you know, Sonoda was either P4 or P14 or P5 or P15 um, in, in quality. He, you know, or you know, he was he was very hit and miss. Um, but this year, he seems to have not calmed down, but. <laughs> Maybe mature is the right word, but he's he's sort of like taking that sort of slight edge off. Because last year we heard a lot of him, you know, sort of shouting down, shouting down the radios, um, well, shouting down the radio at his, you know, at his race engineer and all the rest of it, and they were almost sort of asking, having to ask him to pipe down a bit. Whereas this year he is a bit more sort of restrained or a bit more sort of level-headed. He is still very young. Let's not forget, you know, he was born in the two thousands. Which makes me feel rather old. Um, yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, anytime, mate. Um, <laughs> but um, but you know, you know, he's um, yeah. So it's just you know, it, it, it might even be a case that you know he ends up having one of those sort of quiet races where you know he puts in a decent quality. There's nobody really around him, and he just has to you know just has to bring the car home. I don't really think that'll happen this year, mainly because of how competitive the field is. But yeah, Alpha Tauri. Well, the, the drivers, Dazzy especially, like I said, need a big weekend. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, just looking at the championship standing, Sonoda, although he has gone missing for most of the season, does still sit ahead of Pierre Gasly, which is, you know, just really highlights just how bad Gasly's season has been. Some due to luck, some due to him also going missing in races and, and some bad decisions. And a bit of bad luck from uh, Torpedo Alonso as well has uh, has definitely uh, <laughs> compromised his, his season. Um, but yeah, he, from someone that has been on everyone's radar as, as a top driver to, to never get into that, get back into that Red Bull seat and how people like McLaren and Aston Martin and Alpine will be looking for somebody. And Gasly was always top of that list. You only are as good as your last five results, they say, in Formula One. And Gasly has picked absolutely the worst time to have a bit of a dip in form. And if it continues for the rest of this season, then uh, he certainly will be overlooked again for that that lead seat and uh, but so, somebody who won't be looking back at their last certainly their last race let alone their last five races is, is Mick Schumacher in the Haas Sophia she's uh, he's he's certainly thrown away a, a great opportunity at points in what was necess- not necessarily a, a move that he needed to make on Sebastian Vettel regardless of blame it certainly was a situation he didn't need to put himself in Kevin Magnussen has been grabbing all the headlines um, in that Haas team scoring all of their points so far uh, how do you see their weekend panning out is it going to be another uh, another points performance from Magnussen or are we going to see Mick Schumacher finally break that duck for points Oh, that was heartbreaking watching that, especially because it was with sub of all drivers as well. Like, oh, literally broke my heart because both of them were running into the points. Um, I think I think Mix just needs to get his head down and kind of drive. <laughs> it might sound easy, but obviously it's not. But I just feel that he needs to like pick up the pace. He needs to kind of get more out of it and especially now that he has Kevin Magnussen who has been with Haas for what four years now three years he has the knowledge to help Mick whereas when it was Nick and Nikita uh, Nikita wow almost forgot his name for a minute um (laughs) that would be a bad thing (laughs) exactly Mazepin um it was two rookies so you couldn't really understand it that well and so now that he has somebody like Kevin who is again scoring all the points I am not a secret I love Kevin Magnuson. I've said him so many times on the F1 podcast that I I really do enjoy him as a driver. And I'm so happy that he's actually able to come back this season. I think Kevin Magnuson points or close to points. And I think Mick will be not so far behind because, again, it's an iconic track. We've been there before this year already in the new regs and new cars. Haas has been doing very well, which has been the surprise, I think, of the entire season. Um, how well they have been really good and like coming from being bottom of the team and constructors for the last year two years it's going to be quite interesting um but yeah Mick just needs to pace he needs maybe more guidance and support from Haas and um Kevin Magnuson like advice like an older advice obviously he has Seb but obviously Seb's not driving a Haas so having Kevin Magnuson coming in and having like a like a older figure to kind of help him support it especially because obviously the new regs as well some of it's very tricky the 18 inch tires the different wings it's it's gonna be interesting the new side pods as well obviously um but yeah no i think kevin magazine points if not close to points and make kind of close maybe within two to three to follow i think hopefully <laughs> we'll see 
Yeah, it's again not really known for for all of its drama, Spain in Leicester's in Leicester's reign or, or something crazy happening. Uh, but we did have a good race there last year, so uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll take that as hope that this year we'll we'll get something decent as well. Uh, with with the cars hopefully being able to follow closer through those mid speed corners, we may actually see some uh, some passing on track, which would be good. Uh, someone who has certainly struggled with passing this year, uh, and someone who fails to check their mirrors a lot, uh, with Sebastian Vettel and Lance Stroll coming up with Fred Tom. Aston Martin, it's been it's been a woeful, woeful start. Just the six points on the table, uh, ninth in the championship. They've been missing drivers for for, for parts of the season. Uh, they've you know their fuel was too cold i just it just seems like a bit of a bit of a nonsense going on at the moment and now rumors coming out about the potential sale of the team to to, to audi to volkswagen group which uh, i don't know if you're aware of it seems to be coming out in the last few days so um what's your thoughts on aston martin and and how long will it be before lawrence stroll spontaneously combust live on telly uh that they can't come soon enough um <laughs> aston yeah God, here we go. Um, so I understand why Lawrence Stroll bought the team because obviously he wants to bring the Aston Martin name back to F1 because he hasn't been in F1 as a constructor since the 50s or whatever. Um, but I think he underestimated how much work needs to be done in order for a team to become you know, actually a good team. Because Aston were, uh, sorry, well, Aston, when they were racing point and force India and force India, racing the point of India, force point, whatever they were called for those six weeks, um, they were king of sort of like making the most out of, um, you know, making the most out of their limited budget. Because they had a budget of something like 100 million or 140 million or whatever it was. And they were, you know, they, they, they were always punching well above their weight. If you look up when they had Chaco and um, Hulkenberg and, you know, the team, you know, they had some fantastic results then for a team that didn't really have any, you know, didn't really have any sort of, you know, you, you know didn't have any business being in, being that high up. Um, you know, you know, Chaco got some podiums, Hulkenberg, well, we know. Um, but, um, uh, but, but you know they, they were always sort of like the plucky underdog, and I really liked Force India. Um, then when when Stroll took over, obviously then Lance Stroll came in, um, and then I think <laughs> when Stroll Senior was involved at um, Williams, that should have been an indication of how fickle F1 can be and how much is needed for a team to become successful. I know he's building this big, great factory by Silverstone. I actually drove past it when I went to Cosworth um, in, in the week. Um, I drove past Mercedes and hissed at them. Um, but um, uh, but um, but no, I know he's putting money into resources and all the rest of it, but F1 is in a budget cap era, which... You know, that's a whole different conversation. I think it's good, um, you know, because it, you know, it, you know, it, it sort of levels it out. Everyone's ever going to be a spec series, we know that, and it never should be. But I think Stroll is wanting to do to that team what would take five or ten years to do. I think he was expecting results in a year, in two years, and you know, you can throw all the money in the world at it, but. As I've seen in, in in the sort of like working world, 
is if if there's there are people there who know that someone is willing to just to keep pumping, pumping, pumping cash into something, or people are just going to get lazy, or you know they're just going to start saying, "Ask oh, right, we'll just get more money to do it." Um, because I think because Aston Martin have suddenly become very cash rich, they're they're sort of like, "Oh my God, what do we do? Should we buy seventeen coffee machines and we turn it into the Wolf of Wall Street in here?" No, that money goes into development. You know, that money goes into this and that. You know, for, for, for me, having seen the interior of some, you know, of some factory, some direct involved, some indirect involved with F1, um, it says a lot about a team as, as to sort of like how, how the inside of a factory looks and the facilities they have, all the rest of it. I know they have to make an impression, but they have to get the priority straight. And at the minute, I don't know if Aston Martin are. Also, I don't think their driver lineup is helping. Stroll, yeah, had a all right junior career. You know he did win F three. Yeah, fair enough. You know, you know, fairly, fairly competitive. Um, who was his opposition that year? Antonio Giovinazzi. Okay, mm. you know, he was, you know, he was never really going to win, was he? Let's be fair. Um, so, you know, so, and then Seb. As much as I like Seb, um, I think probably ruined him. Um, and I think, you know, you know, I think now we're all just like, oh, I, you know, I pity for him and, 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 you know, he sort of turned into like, into the nice guy we see relationship with, with Mick Schumacher or the rest of it. Aston need a driver who will come in, whether it's a race driver or a development driver or whatever, whoever, they need someone who will come in and sit down and say, right, I'm pushing the brake and I'm, I'm putting this amount of pressure in and nothing's happening. Um, you, they need someone who has got that kind of level of attention to detail. Like when Kubica went to Williams in 2019, because you'd come from Renault before, and you got in the car. That's why I used the brake, um, the brake pedal reference, because that was the story that I read once about Kubica. He said that when he pressed the brake pedal, there was like nothing was happening. Aston Martin needs somebody like that. They need somebody in that car who can sit in there, well, be happy with how how awful the car is, and just you know, just give feedback so that they can actually build a proper racing car and give Aston Martin the name that it deserves, and give it give it the team and the car and everything. Give the brand what it deserves in the sport. Yeah, it would be great to see see Aston Martin actually at the. I'd say I would say back at the top, but they've never been there. So just at the top of Formula One in, in general, and that that great that great brand and and seeing them seeing them make an impact on motorsport to help the uh, help the the car brand as well um but but williams uh, the last team we're going to go to obviously for 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 this episode they're still bottom of the championship sphere but they seem to be in a better place at least they're there they're in there they're scrapping but they're not really getting the results at the moment. Alex Albon getting a couple of points. Nicholas Latifi seems on another planet at the moment. Is it is it the fact that Latifi's not doing the business is why they're they're still last, or are they still the the tenth fastest team? What's your thoughts? Oh God, Latifi! The fact that he finished Miami, I'm <laughs> putting that straight out there. The fact that he finished Miami, that was a shock. I thought that it was going to be, especially with some of those corners in Miami, how. Uh, close they were and how sharp they was I was expecting a yellow flag by him if not red I yeah so the fact that he finished Miami good the fact that 
like Alex Albon's come in now this season off the back of taking a year out teaching he was teaching Yuki as well for half of the season he was kind of his like development coach and then obviously he was in the backseat like obviously not in a full car last season to come in he's doing all right now that he has his red hair as well because I don't know if y'all have seen that the red hair equals points for him and it's two times running that's happening so we might see red hair next weekend but Williams is just not doing well. Like it, it's the same as last season to me, and a lot of it is down to Latifi, I think, because Alex has been doing a decent enough race, being it's a first year back driving after a year off. On top of it, new regs. But then obviously you can compare Kevin Magnussen's kind of in the same position as well. But obviously Kevin has a lot more years than Alex, but he's doing well. It's it's Latifi that is dragging them down, and. It's going to get to the point where the amount of money that Latifi starts investing in is going to be less than how much that Williams is paying to fix all the damages that Latifi's caused. And there's been rumors about the driver swaps and all that happening. My money is on Latifi getting swapped out for some, like being dropped out of F1 or swapped around. Who knows? Because he's going to be more of a financial risk in a year of cost caps then it's actually worth it to the team. And especially Williams doesn't have the much like as much investment in financials compared to Red Bull, Mercedes, even McLaren and Aston Martin. They don't have as much funding. So they're going to need as much money in saving as much money as they can. And if Latifi's crashing every single race, or even in qualifying P1, FP1, FP2, FP3 or whatever, it's not going to be financially stable. And you could see them capping by mid-season potentially the budget because of the the cost of the crashes i think he has the highest amount at like 15 million so far or something like that uh, not including miami but he is one of the like top drivers with the most money spent on repairs and fixings in this season so far and we're only at that time it was only four races in so we still got another 19 or so tracks well 18 minus miami now to finish and he's already spending a lot in the cost cap so we'll see Williams will be bottom tier it's uh, I just don't know if they're going to be 10th or they're going to be 9th probably 10th because of given how well um, Haas have been doing Kevin Magnussen in particular Aston Martin Aston Martin will be be 9th but I think Williams will finish at the bottom this year unfortunately yeah it's just one of those ones as I said before where just everyone seems to be in the mix together and if you've got one driver scoring points and the other one not then that's that's not conducive to a to a great championship position but uh that that's our our preview of the race itself um so i'll have a look at the predictions then so i'm going to ask both of you if you can give me your prediction for pole position uh who's going to be on the podium and a bold prediction so uh we'll, we'll go to you first tom who are you going to have for pole position at the race at the weekend um I think Sainz is going to get home advantage and I think it's going to give him just that extra tenth or two tenths. And yeah, go on. I'm going to put my... Well, I'm not going to put any money on it because I don't have any, but I'm going to say Carlos Sainz. I'd love to see Carlos Sainz take take pole for this race. Yeah. Um, uh, still, uh, still, uh, still a fan of Carlos Sainz just de- de- despite him defecting to the red side. Sophia, what's your choice for, uh, for pole position at the weekend? Oh... I don't know. I because looking at the stats and the information for the last couple of years, 
does not help at all this season. Like, I literally have a notebook full of information and stats. I think I'm going to say Max will take pole. If they can get in check, Red Bull can get in check. I think Max will take pole. Cool, cool. Okay, so um, yeah, we'll we'll look at look at the podium now. Then, so so Tom, who do you think um, is Carlos Sainz going to convert it to to get the win, or is, are we going to see some craziness and uh, people actually changing positions in Spain? Uh, no, don't be silly. Um, no, um, I no, I, I don't think Sainz will get the win. I think it will either go to Max or Leclerc because those two are just different gravy. You know they are they they are they are built different, um, and yeah they. Um, uh, I'm going to put my money on Max. I think Max will get it because I think the grunt of that red ball down that main straight and down what was from turn ten to eleven. You know the sort of like the second DRS zone, all that. I think that red ball is just going to absolutely eat it, and I think it'll. Um, I, I, I think I think it'll be enough. Um, for them to just get over the line in front. Okay, and Sophia, what's what's your thoughts? I think it's going to be Charles in P1, um, and then I think Max will be in P2, keeping the tradition running, finishing second. Um, and then I think Sergio Perez might might finish in third, I think, because if Red Bull has the pace, and like Perez has been good, it's just that he's just had some bad times a few times, but like if he put his foot down and head down he could probably finish on the podium so i i i say he's gonna be p3 yep certainly been a strong uh strong season start for for sergio perez uh top four in every race when he's finished so that's that's kind of all you can really ask of him as a definite number two driver uh bold predictions then uh this is where it gets quite fun what what's your thoughts tom what's going to be the uh the crazy thing that's going to happen this weekend uh let's see if he's going to keep it out the wall that's pretty bold yeah. Um, <laughs> no. Um, no. Seriously, um, we'll just see if the stall won't crash. Um, <laughs> that's how I can't help myself. Um, no. Um, right. Third time lucky. I would say uh, pole position. Um, both Mercedes in the top eight. Okay. Okay. Given that they're the third, the third fastest team, that that would I would say that's probably what they would be aiming for at the minimum. But uh, well, yeah, we'll wait and see. Maybe they're going to be terrible, but then manage to fight back to a top, to a top eight. So uh, we'll take that. And Sophia, your bold prediction for the weekend? Oh, I'm. Hmm. I have two of the top of my head that I'm kind of weighing out which one's probably statistically better. Um, hmm. You know what? I think. Alpine, both Alpines will finish in top 10. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, that, that certainly would uh, give Fernando Alonso's season a bit of a kickstart. Um, I mean, I, P9 I, and P10. That's oh, it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say both Alpines top six. I thought oh, you were going to say no, something like 10. that. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I think it's, it's certainly a, a track that might well suit the Alpines. So I can, I can see them having a, having a stronger, Stronger race, hopefully for them anyway. But if you want to hear more from F1 Grid Talk, we have a huge back catalogue of shows you can go back and listen to, as well as reviews and previews and analysis. We also run the Fireside Chat series, which is uh, normally airs midweek and features interviews and laid-back chats with people in and around F1. Um, 
those of you of uh, excuse me uh, <laughs> all of those episodes are available on YouTube as well as historic interviews with Morris Hamilton Mario Zola and even a quiz with Sean Kelly if you want to test your F1 knowledge we also run a Patreon if you want to help us continue what we're doing so please consider donating to us as everything that uh, uh, that comes in on that goes back to improving the show experience uh, I'll just go back to you two as you're both involved in everything F1 uh, who would like to give give the plug to everything F1 and, and where we can go and find that Sophia does. <laughs> I guess that's me. Um, so yeah, you can find everything F1 on our website, www.everythingf1.com. You can find us on all socials, either at Everything F1 or Join EF1. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We've just started TikTok as well, which is fun. Um, we do weekly podcasts that get presented on Wednesdays on all platforms like Spotify, um but yeah everything f1 and yeah there's some they have some great guests on there as well they've they've had uh seems to be every week there's a there's another new person on there that's uh uh so, somewhere involved in in f1 people like callum eyelot has been on there they've had mm-hmm. a, a plethora of w series races as well so some really good interviews on there as well so definitely give those guys a check check out uh, if you want to follow me for some reason you can get me at tom horrocks f1 on twitter and my podcast is is the monkey seat which is at monkeyseatpod.com where me and carl take a bit of a, a laid-back view on the on formula one uh and uh, I normally have to bleep out a lot of swearing, so apologies for that in advance. Uh, we are also obviously also available on all audio platforms as well, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Verbal, Omni Studios, and Pocket Cast. And we've recently become available on Pandora and Skyglass as well, So, uh, as well as being available on the F1 Chronicle website. All our ratios do go out live on YouTube directly after the event, so look out for us at F1 Chronicle on YouTube, and don't forget to subscribe. We will be back next weekend where we will review the review qualifying and the race for the Spanish Grand Prix. So thank you very much for watching and listening and goodbye.